really what the eSports Center for us was almost a thought starter or a launch pad for lots of other opportunities. It created this innovative but safe space where a faculty could innovate, a student could innovate. Welcome to Crush John's Crest TV podcast. I'm Lisa Ridgewell, your host with Crush John. Joining me is our Crush John's own Anthony Cherko, our regional sales manager for education and special guest, Dr. George Claffey, uh, chief information officer from Central Connecticut State University. So thank you both for joining today. Um, George, really appreciate you taking the time to um, discuss with us, you know, a lot of the initiatives that you're doing at CCSU and how that's impacted not only um, your entire campus in terms of you know technology design, but also what it's done um, for the value of you and your staff and your students um, beyond that from a social and even a mental standpoint. So, so thank you so much again for joining us today. Great. Thank you for having me. We're excited to be here and excited to talk about the CCSU Esports Center uh, that we built on campus in 2019. Yeah. So, you know, considering that, you know, really that's a fairly new new space and you probably have just gotten the the ability to really enjoy that and have your students and staff engage with it. Right. You know, what what's that been like since coming back to campus? So it's been super exciting and it was it was bittersweet. Uh, we had built it um, the September uh, of 19 and then we, we ended up shutting it down when the campus closed uh, during the beginning of COVID. And so like a lot of people, we really weren't sure when we reopened it. Um, as we as we had that launch, and, and I'll tell you, it was so special for the students, and, and really it was a great partnership with the students. When we when we started thinking about the eSports Center, um, and it was just this concept in our mind, um, you know, we, we went to see what was called the CCSU eSports and Board Game Group. And so they were here on a Friday night, and what we saw were a bunch of students that were walking desktop PCs and monitors and keyboards uh, from their dorm across campus, bring them into a classroom, uh, plug them into a makeshift network, and then gaming with each other for, you know, an hour and a half or two hours or whatever uh, the club team had reserved the room for. And you could just see if they were so passionate that they were going to just disconnect and upend their life for two hours of, of competitive side-by-side gameplay, that, that the potential of what we could do for them was huge. And, and I'll remember, you know, we went in and, and kind of introduced ourselves on a Friday night, the Provost and myself, and we said, you know, we've got this idea. We want to talk to you about a, an esports room, and they, and you know, we're here, and we'd like to help you. And they looked at us and said, "So, are you the people that can help us get approval to eat pizza in the room?" Right. That was their big request, right? And and they kind of said, like, it just personified, like, sort of, they were trying to play by the rules. They were so happy that they had this reservation, but you had to go outside in the hall and have pizza. And they really wanted to have it next to their computers and they were their computers. And so, you know, we could see this power. So we created, we've got a great facilities department here. Um, we built a 3D model. We had a spinning room, you know, so spinning exercise bikes, and we were building this new rec center. And, and the room was a little small, about 1800 square feet, but it was right in the center of campus. It was on the, the ground floor of uh, where 
our Memorial Hall is, which is our, our student dining. And all of the windows on two sides are floor to ceiling and look out into campus. And we said, maybe that's not quite as big of a room as we have in this vision, but what a perfect central place to this campus to have this eSports center. And so we work with facilities, we got a 3D model, we got the, the spin bikes out of there and, and we, we you know said to people, okay, we think this is it. So the provost, myself, the athletic director, we went to a group on campus called the Enrollment Management Committee. And that's a group that's really charged by the president, chaired by the president, um, to look at how we change and improve enrollment here on campus. And that's both bringing students in and also giving them something that retains them. You know, what are those activities that they do? And so the provost and I created this pitch and we said, we wanna create this esports center. And we don't see it as just a, a gaming room. And, and that's sort of everybody's first uh, thing when you say esports. Oh, I know what that is. That's that's my son or my daughter. They're sitting on a the couch. They're at one in the morning and they're 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 hitting a controller. And we said, well, that that can be sports and that could be video games. But we've got this vision and the vision is is part classroom of the future. It's part recreational gameplay. It's part varsity competitive gameplay. Um, and we wanna intermix all those things in the one space. And so we see the fusion of, of this space where we could teach classes on high-end computers in this center. And, and we can talk about introducing games, gameplay, um, you know, story narratives uh, into a curriculum. And then in the afternoon, we can turn it into recreational gaming. And not only will it be a place for these residents who, who on Friday nights or Saturday nights bring their, their dorm computers down, but here's a place where we can now engage commuters. 65% um, of our students were commuters and most of them weren't gonna unplug their gaming computer, put it in the trunk of their car, drive it you know, 10, 20 miles to the university, then walk it across campus, hook it up and, and then repeat, right? And so we realized, hey, the, the commuter population is sort of orphaned from what the esports and gaming so if we put this thing here and we put it in the center of campus and we put great computers in it, then the commuters will have a place, the residents will have a place, and they'll actually get to, to interconnect. And won't that be amazing? And then what if we could flip that at night? And what if we could create some varsity teams? Esports, league-based, competitive-based uh, esports is really a growing industry. It was growing in the college space. Now it's even growing uh, in the K-12 space. And so we said, great, let's, let's do some of what we do on the athletic side here. Let's get uniforms. Let's join a conference. And our conference actually had an esports conference. So we paid our dues and we joined that. We started with three teams based on student demand. By the end of that year, we had five teams. So, you know, I can say that, that you know, what we built was really a, a tremendous center. It was successful because it was a partnership between us and the existing esports team. The students, they were amazing. You know, over that summer, we brought them in and we said, you know, what do you think of this gaming keyboard? And what do you think of this gaming mouse? And so the, the executive board of our, of our student, the SGA group, uh, they came in and they were, they were so, you know, committed to this. They were literally in there testing different keyboards saying, you know, this is the one that I play with at home. But I don't think this would be good for just people who are going to walk in. There's there's too many buttons. It's too customized. This is for an advanced gamer. And so they really like they went back and forth to figure out what was best 
for the students and they advised us. And so it was a great partnership um, on the academic side. You know, we offered a, a grant program for the first year where we paid, we, we had an application process. They were small grants, $2,000 or so. And we said to faculty, talk about how you can integrate esports or, or VR or cyber into the curriculum. And some of the stuff we got there was amazing. And I'll, I'll touch on one that, that really showed how, you know, it's, it's, I expected computer science. I expected MIS, uh, maybe data analytics. The first application I think we got was from English. And, and, and it opened, you know, in the first paragraph, it said, tell me a great video game that doesn't have an amazing story and amazing character development in it. That's my concept. I want to talk about how to develop a narrative for a video game in a curriculum. And we were like, Wow, like that's such a different way to think about it. And then the next one we got was a, a nursing student who said, there's a virtual operating room. And I don't know if you guys do this and I don't know if this is compatible, but I wanna talk about, can we try a virtual operating room for our nursing students? There's not enough time in the lab. Um, this would be a great way to give them extra hours. Can we just have this conversation? So when when we look back, right, and and so now you know the room closes and the room opens, and and I can talk a little bit about more that more in a second. But really, what the esports center for us was almost a thought starter or a launch pad for lots of other opportunities. Um, it created this this innovative but safe space where a faculty could innovate, a student could innovate. And, and it was safe because we were, we were in the esports room and this is a room designed around, around games and storytelling and, and those types of things. And so it really created an amazing space. I think even coming out of COVID, um, we heard from more and more faculty during COVID who said, hey, I've been home and I've learned, I wasn't you know, this fully online person before COVID. I was, a, I was a PowerPoint and Blackboard person and those are great tools. And now I want to look at some other things. And, and is that esports? Can I do virtual construction management in esports? Can we do that? And again, there are amazing similarities between the high-end kind of computers that we use in, in the esports center and the same ones that I have in the business analytics research lab, the same ones we have in construction management, the same ones that run AutoCAD or some of these other sophisticated software like NX. Um, and so, yeah, we can do that. And so the thing that I think helps us is that you know we we built everything in with the Crestron uh, NVX switcher, and that's a standard we have uh, Crestron across the entire campus. And so one of the barriers to entry often for faculty is fear of the unknown, right? And I, I've taught classes and you go, gee, I'm going to walk into this room. Oh, what's my backup plan if this, if I don't have my USB key or my laptop doesn't boot or the projector doesn't turn on? And, and can I do this all with, with whiteboard markers? Um, and, and I think every faculty person has had that moment. And so we created the, it's the exact same touch panel we use everywhere else. It's the same CCSU logo on the touch panel. It's the same macros for the, for the classes. So when a faculty comes in and they look and there's, you know, the LED lights and all these screens and monitors, and there's that, that one thing they know. Yes, when I walk into every teaching and learning space at Central, I can find one of those, you know, touch panels and I can press it and it says, do I want to be presenter? Do I have a demo table? Do I have this? What do I want to turn on? And we gave them all those same features. So for many of the faculty who came in, 
they say, well, wow, this is a lot. And okay, I can turn it on. But then what? Do, oh, I know how to do that. I know I know how to do air share. I can air share my slides. I'm good. I'm good. You don't need to come back anymore. Right. And so that's really been, I think, an exciting part of that is giving consistency in that academic experience. The other thing that we're able to do is is we flip from the teaching side to the to the recreational side to the varsity side in under a minute, right? Like, again, we built those all in with macros. Um, and so it, we want to keep this room, once we have the doors open, they're open. And we just bring in, you know, the faculty would exit and and the rec uh, staff would come in or the varsity coach would come in. So again, you know, a couple of macros, a couple of button presses, um, and we're ready to go. One of the other things I'll mention about this room that, that was helpful is we had a, a side room that, again, for the rec center was an equipment closet. And and we were thinking, okay, great, that'll be a good place for storage. And we decided that that one of the things that we saw that was interesting was the ability to create a shoutcasting space. And so we took all the video signal that we have that we're processing. And in addition to running it through the 4K monitors that, that are, are inside and outside the room, um, we push everything into the um, shoutcasting room. And now we can do play by play. So that's opened a door for our communications department. It's opened a door for our video department, all sorts of other departments that could get in there. So we're excited. I'm, I'm super excited that it's been so embraced by the students and, and even more excited that it's been embraced by the staff. The, the esports club, you know, when we first met with them, you know, which seems like so long ago, um, they were about 180 students, one of our largest clubs on campus. The week after the the esports room was was uh, open, they were at 320 students. Um, and so that just kind of shows you uh, the excitement that they had um, and sort of the, the viral spread. Um, and lastly, I'll mention this, you know, esports is, is a somewhat uh, robust and competitive landscape. And we wanted to make sure that the room was welcoming to people of all of all levels, right? We we really wanted to make sure. And so we said it it's it, it's simplest side. Maybe it's not varsity esports or club esports, but let's put we called the console alley. And we created a set of TVs and we put a Nintendo Switch and a, a PlayStation and an Xbox at each one of those TVs, and you can switch back and forth and you can play head to head. And we said, this is really a great way to lower the barrier of entry, right? Because if you've never played video games before, learning how to play with a keyboard, two hands, a mouse, like that can be very intimidating. And so playing with a Switch controller or playing with an Xbox controller is probably a bit more familiar. And so a lot of people will come in and they'll they'll start on the console side if they're not familiar with esports. And we've got uh, comfy recliners that that flank that whole area. And so you can sit down with your friends and um, and you and then if you want to progress to League of Legends or Valorant or some of these other games, um, you know, there's 25, you know, Dell Alienware computers, um, high GPU, 240 megahertz, you know, screen rate. And, and you can have this really hardcore uh, esports grade experience. That is amazing. And there's just so much to unpack in, in all that. And quite frankly, Anthony, I don't know if you're thinking the same thing, but I want to go schedule a trip up there because I want to go, <laughs> go experience this. It is, a, it is an absolute beautiful space because I, <laughs> I was in there, um, you know, before we all shut down before COVID, but it is it is a gorgeous space. Yeah. So, you know, George, one, one thing you said was, you know, this space is 
a thought starter. And, you know, Anthony, you can definitely shed light on this is, you know, e-sporting, e-gaming, you know, it's not traditionally associated with education, right? So considering what you've done and how it's opened up the door, right? The thought and the vision to other departments and other programs and even scholarships, you know, what, Anthony, what are you seeing, you know, throughout other colleges and universities and, you know, what types of grants or scholarships are available to colleges and universities to support in building out these types of spaces to be able to bring on new programs, right? To extend existing programs, to be able to bring on and interest new new staff and, and new students. Well, I think throughout the region from what I've seen, which is all of New England, upstate and Western New York, if, if anybody was curious, but you know there are some state grants that each uh, area has in relation to technology, but there's a big, huge push for also private grants in modernizing education and being able to uh, use new techniques and teaching our students in new ways instead of the traditional, which has still been tried and true, the traditional presentation lecture style, but how to be more engaged, how to be more uh, inclusive. You know, there, there's a whole level related to esports that brings on accessibility uh, into it. You have your traditional sports teams like your physical sports teams like football and, and soccer and, and baseball, where you have somebody who might be physically challenged uh, and need some accommodation, esports is that barrier. They can now put on a jersey for their school that they weren't able to before and feel that type of pride uh, giving through. So, there, so there's a, a wide variety and you just have to kind of look for them. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, George, you've, you've mentioned a couple of grants that were national grants that were competitive grants before? Yeah, I mean, I think the uh, part of the future, what has what COVID done to, to either K-12 education or higher education? I, I think it's created uh, the, the need and the capability and the desire for more hybridized learning. Right. Um, and, and so I think we are seeing more grants in that space. Um, we're seeing grants that are saying, how do you extend the classroom experience in, in any kind of way? Right. Be that simulation, uh, be that gamification. And so uh, and, and it also factors into student engagement. You know, we want students to be engaged. And so I'll say this about about esports. You can have almost the exact same experience um, doing esports at your house in your dorm room, and so if I'm a if I'm a gamer and and I have a you know two thousand dollar gaming computer and a reasonable internet connection, I can have exactly the same experience reasonably that I can have in the esports center. But what do you get in the esports center? You're getting community, you're getting engagement, you're making friends, you're building a peer group, um, and so that social and emotional aspect you might not be able to get quite as well here. And so, you know, I'll say to, to Anthony's point, you know, I, I was, I frequent the esports room quite a bit, uh, especially the first week or two of the semester. And so I was in there the, the maybe the second or third day that we had opened and, and there were two students and they were finishing a league of legends match. And, you know, they've got the headphones on and the headset and they you know, took off their headphones and he was like, Hey, you know, you, you were great. And, you know, that was awesome. You kind of came around the back and whatever. And he's like, uh, and they introduced himself and, and he's like, yeah, I'm a freshman. I'm in this dorm. And the other one said, Oh, I'm a freshman. I'm in this dorm. Hey, let's come. You're going to come here tomorrow. Let's come back at six 
six o'clock at night, like, well, and, and instantly you could see the power of a physical space in comparison to the exact same experience where those two students would have finished that match and gone different directions. And so again, I think as we look at, you know, in higher education, you look at uh, what COVID has done, even in education as a sector, um, we're seeing greater and greater mental health struggles. And we're seeing a a broader need for students to have a connection, um, whether it's with other students or with or with their institution. Um, and that's part of what the eSports Center is able to do, right? And it's a space that we can keep open, you know, late at night, we can open it early in the morning. Students have some choices to, as to what they wanna play and how they wanna do that. Um, and so I think it really is, it's, it's a great space. Coming out of COVID, uh, we didn't open up the room the first week. We were working on getting all the classrooms uh, set up in and, and we turned over 300 classrooms on uh, this fall. And, and we were getting requests. Is the eSports Center opening? When is the eSports Center opening? I'm ready for the eSports Center. All of this pent up demand from students saying, we want to get back into this space because that's where we are. Uh, and that first day we opened, we handed out T-shirts and, and the eSports Center was uh, a COVID friendly, COVID space. We've got people checking in and sort of monitoring levels. But, but that space was probably at capacity within an hour of opening the doors. Uh, back up. And it's exciting. It's it's not often that you could look at information technology and say, how are we part of the student experience beyond robust Wi-Fi or, or ubiquitous internet access? And all of a sudden here, we're, we're creating uh, an accessible space for students that's interesting um, and can grow with them. And so I think, you know, I think we're excited uh, as we look at external grant opportunities. Again, a lot of them are talking about how are we going to deliver programming online and on ground? And can we combine virtual lab simulations? I'll say this about the, the eSports space. It is served is the probably one of the leading indicators, if you will, for um, other spaces that we're building on campus. So we have a business analytics and research lab that we're opening. And I'll tell you, it looks not in design, but in compute, it looks very similar to the eSports Center, right? It, it's got a controller. It's got these, these high number crunching things, uh, computers. It's got displays everywhere. And this desire to be able to take data from one or two computers and merge them on multiple, you know, 75-inch 4K monitors so that you can do some modeling. We're building an XR lab in our new innovation hub. That's going to combine VR, AR, drones, robots. Um, and again, we're, we're back at the same place. How do we get a bunch of screens across the wall? How do we take data from VR goggles and, and other areas and then display that to people who are walking by? So I think, you know, the the exciting part of esports has been it's it's been a test bed for us. It's been a place where people have been excited to try new things. And those we're seeing copies of those things not branded with esports out in other places. That's amazing. And, you know, just listening to both you and Anthony, you both touched on you know, essentially the perception of e-gaming, right? You know, as a parent, I have two kids and my son is constantly on, you know, online with other, his, you know, cousins and friends doing, you know, e-gaming. And, you know, Anthony, I think you said it, that there's now a whole aspect of inclusion, right? You know, we're so used to going to college and university, you know, looking at the football team, the basketball team, you know, whichever, you know, sporting sporting team. And now this there's a whole other group of students that can now be a part of that, that can now, you know, proudly wear their college and university and say, yeah, 
you know, I support, you know, I I'm part of this and, you know, I fight for this, this college and this university. And, you know, though my son is quite a number of years away from college still, you know, it makes me happy to know that this is the outlook for him, right? Because he's very much into the e-gaming. He's very much into coding. And now this is a new opportunity for, you know, kids such as himself. And, you know, considering that the e-gaming industry, um, is due to continuously grow over the next few years into the several hundred billions, you know, again, this is just continuing to open up that opportunity. You know, George, have you had, you know, other colleges and universities or even, you know, K through 12 come to you, you know, wanting to see the space or wondering, Hey, how did you do this? Do you want to get into this and kind of have, you know, knowing that there's going to be a bit of healthy competition between you and um, other local colleges and universities. Yeah, there, there is. And I'll say, you know, the one of the reasons why I've been in the education space and before that, the nonprofit space for for 25 years is because, you know, even though we might compete with schools and colleges down the road for students, um, it's a very open, sharing and friendly environment. And so part of part of how we built our esports center is that, you know, we we did research on the centers that predated us. Right. And we looked at what worked, and we talked to people and I'm so thankful for all the the CIOs and rec center directors. And other, we've probably talked to 10 of them. We toured three of them and and we learned something different from each of them. And, and our job was to take that and to look at our constituents and our students and our vision and our budget and figure out how do we remix that into something that's authentic to CCSU and its students and its goals. And we've been happy and excited to sort of pay that, you know, either pay it back or pay it forward. Um, and so for people who are in Connecticut who are looking at a physical space, um, you know, you say, okay, like here, let, let us show you what we did. We've handed people the designs quite honestly for it and said, here's the PDF, here's the, here's the architectural plan, you know, and it was done by our uh, campus architect and, and we're happy to do that. And we're happy to tell people, here's the things that we wish we would change. Um, you know, part of what we expected in this, and, and again, it was part of why we went with the NVX solution. We weren't sure how people were going to use it, right? We had a vision. Everybody's got a, everybody's got a plan. Um, and you're not sure how students are going to respond to that plan. And if you're going to need to change that plan. And so we, we haven't, really changed our configuration a whole lot, but we were really comfortable that it was not going to be getting in the walls again and rerunning cables. And that was important to us because we knew that if the students came in and decided, no, we're not going to play in teams of five, we'd set everything up for pods of five because that's how uh, many of the games are configured. But if the games changed to pods of seven or something, we wanted to be able to reconfigure the room because we want the room to be around for 10 years or more. Um, and we needed the technology to be able able to grow with the room, with the changes in that technology. Um, and so that was super important. I know, uh, especially in the K-12 side, you know, you're you're always looking for what can students do after school is over, right? You know, and, and you've seen high schools, they're building gyms and encouraging students to stay and work out. They're encouraging students to stay and, and game because we are a safe place. It is, it is a great, you know, if you're here on Friday night gaming in the esports center, there are a lot of <laughs> worst places that you could be that that might be off campus that might not be uh, is is uh, conducive and and I'll say this as a parent and a parent of 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 uh, uh, two teenagers uh, that that 
can game on two systems simultaneously, which I, I cannot do, right? I'll, I'll look at my son who's in high school and he's got something going on on the phone and he's on the Xbox and I'm, I can't play one of these machines, let alone two. Um, so, so for the parents, it's important for us to talk. I'll tell you, we had 11 students who were uh, all, all academic ECAC students, which means they had a GPA of, I believe, uh, three, five or higher, and were on the one of the varsity esports teams. And we talked to parents about that when they come. We also use a, a piece of software that manages people's time. So you come in and you swipe and you're allotted two hours a day and, and it keeps a clock on you. Um, for our varsity uh, teams, we have a coach, a series of coaches that they manage your uh, uh, GPA. And if you aren't you know, pulling the grades or showing up in class, just like if you were on the basketball team, you're going to get counseling from your coach. He's going to say, look, you're not just here to compete on our varsity esports team and slack on academics. And so I'll say this we do a great job and, and parents should be should feel good that we're tracking their time far better than I'm tracking my own kids time uh, <laughs> at home despite all the things that that Apple and other people have given me they find little bypasses uh, at home for that um, here we we know this environment and we know what what they do when they're in the dorm that's that's on them but in the center we're tracking it and so people should feel comfortable we were so excited to have uh, uh, these all academic esports athletes and what a great way for us to finish our first year in the esports Center. The other thing I'll say, and I think this is the power of, of the esports teams, when the campus closed in March for COVID, right, early COVID, the esports teams, they reached out to us and said, coach, can we, may, I'm not the coach, they said to the coach, um, can we stay? We can do this from our houses. We want to keep competing and keep playing. So you think about all the things that we lost during COVID, you know, the, the basketball games and the football games. I'll tell you this, esports survived. Esports continued to grow, and so it it was it was more powerful than the physical room that it, it is in, and that's that's an amazing part of what that is. It, it tells you how strong that community of students is. I think, from a professional sports perspective, F one racing was able to continue their season because they were already set up for esports. Yeah, and and people were able to watch the races online, and it. Very much, they were like, "This is this is almost the same as it would be uh, anytime else." The one question I did have, uh, George, also is, you know, while there might be hard to quantify at this point, but what has your feedback been from your admissions department in regards to having the esports center from both a retention perspective as well as getting new students on campus? Is it is it basically like that signs? their admission check like you know how does you know how does how does that how's having the esports affected getting more students so i, I quite honestly I, I don't know um you know and 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 i think it's important you know esports is certainly part of our uh recruitment strategy but i mean we we hope that all students come here for an amazing value-based education and and that where you do it and how you do it is is esports is part of that and that it really connects with who you are and so again i said i have a high school student and we're in the 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 sort of coming of age experience of of doing college tours and and seeing what that looks like and so here's i can i can say from a parent perspective um and my son was lucky because when we were in construction of esports he probably came with dad uh, it's the only time coming to work with dad would have ever been cool 
Um, and, uh, um, and so, um, and so we, we've been at some schools and one of his questions, not my questions and not prompted by me is, do you have an esports center and where is it? And, and we were at a school, uh, that will remain nameless, uh, three weeks ago. And he said to, he said to the, that was his question of the student life person. Do you, do you do esports? Yes. We have an esports team. Great. Where is the room? Oh, we don't have a room. Now, this is a, a reasonably, you know, a, a prestigious school. Um, and and it just it's their focus was not in this area. And so, again, when you you come here, um, that's this is part of our experience here. Um, and we're excited for it to be part of that experience here. And and I think it connects. You know, when I look at, at my children, I look at the people who are in the esports room. This is an authentic part of who they are as young adults who are, are growing into adulthood. And, and part of that, and I have all those same concerns, like, oh, my son is going to go away to college and he is he's not going to do academics. He is going to sit and game 20 hours a day and, and whatever. Um, I, I know that here there's a little bit more structure that experience. And that makes me as a parent feel good. I feel good about I would feel great if he came here and was in our esports center because I know there are there is a, a paid staff member who is in that center all of the time or a faculty member all the time that that's open, not just there to help people, to help people learn new games, to show them new experiences, but but also there to help manage, um, you know, what those expectations are, their time in, their time out um, and that aspect. And so, again, it's it's structured, but it's free form and it's a, a great place for uh, discovery. We've also had some great events. We've had gaming nights for first time gamers. Yeah, so we've had pizza and cookies and the esports club. Right here are SGA members, people who are students, and they decided, and this was their idea, they were going to have a night where they had uh, gaming for first time gamers. And they were so excited to try to bring people who had never played video games, who were campus students. Come and let us help find you your favorite game. And we've got Mario Kart and we've got Zelda and we've got League of Legends and we've got Rocket League and we've got FIFA and we've got Madden and we've got all these games. We're going to we're going to help. That wasn't it. Great. We're going to have another workshop and show you another. I mean, these kids were so the students were so passionate about trying to to, you know, show people uh, all the different possibilities of esports. That's teaching and learning. That's that's our mission. Right. Let's do teaching and learning. And so what a great way, you know, in the academic world, we call that flipped classroom or the unconference. It was just natural. It was a natural extension of who these students were. And it was connecting with their passion. And that's the part that's amazing. I just I just love this. And, you know, the entire you know story and background of how this came about, you know, because really this was your vision just to be able to provide this space for the students, you know, was the catalyst to so much more. Um, and yes, there's, you know, technology in the background that brings all those functionality capabilities together. But I think, you know, what's really so important is the fact that it opened up the door to all these new experiences, right? It opened up the door to all these new opportunities, you know, for the students, for the faculty and for CCSU. And, you know, I, I just want to touch a little bit on, you know, when you were first envisioning this, right? What were some of the challenges, you know, whether from a mindset, you know, pushback, you know, budgetary and, you know, what advice can you give to other, you know, institutions that are looking to maybe start, you know, bringing on the e-gaming um, realm on, on their, on their sites? Sure. No, that's a great question. And, and let me say, right, that, that I might've had 
an idea for this, but I had part of an idea, right? Our, we're successful because we had an interdisciplinary team approach. And if I could say anything to anybody who's thinking about this, don't just make it about technology. Don't just make it about games. That's that's how you end up with a, an esports center that's small, that doesn't get funded in future years, and that has the lights off more than the lights are on, right? This Our project was successful because we had the provost, who is the academic leader of this institution, who bought in and said, I'm not sure I understand 100% of it. I didn't understand 100% of it. We all had one quarter of the piece of this puzzle. The athletic director had a piece of this puzzle. The enrollment VP had a piece of this puzzle. The student life VP had a piece of this puzzle. And we all, you know, and it's this is easy to say, but it's hard to do. We all we all left our egos at the door. We all left, you know, our titles at the door uh, and those things. Uh, we have a student on the governing board, right? The student has just as much vote as I do. Um, you know, that's the kind of, group that we set up that allowed us to create an interdisciplinary space that could go from academic teaching and learning to varsity gameplay and rec play in the middle. Um, and it wouldn't have been possible if it was just me. It wouldn't have been possible. I needed the vision of the of the chief operating officer and all of his facilities people. Otherwise, I'd still have, you know, a, a, a spin room, quite honestly. Instead, uh, and if you see pictures of this room, I mean, they literally had these giant drones fabricated that, that they've turned into part of the lighting system for this, right? So when you come in, it's this immersive experience. These, these two giant, I mean, they must be six or seven foot, uh, four copter drones, and there's wind going down and blue LEDs coming from them, right? Those are, there's this LED wall on the back side. So it, it wasn't just what the computer part did. It's what the teaching and learning part did. It's what the facilities and operations part did. It's what the student life part did. It's the fact that we connected this with the other spaces on campus and we we leveraged all of us. So, you know, really, if if it's not a technology problem and it's not a technology solution, right? It's really, it's a it's part of who the future of higher education is. Um, and so, you know, make friends, find a committee, um, you know, leave all those titles at the door and talk to students. That was the really the, the, you know, in addition to talking to each other, talking to students, hearing where they thought that space was going to go, um, you know, is, is super important. It was interesting. So there's a there's a board game part of our esports group because that's how it was formed far before I got here. We thought about this. And so we got done with the esports room and the Dungeons and Dragons board game folks came to us. And, so what could we do for us? And I said, I don't know, you know, and so it was but but it was. What a great way. Now students felt, you know, we went, think of where we went, um, you know, in under 100 days from, you know, could we have pizza in this room to this amazing center where where they can invite their friends and they're proud of it and they're proud of the university for having it. That's awesome. And yeah, I've, it sounds like anybody going to that space would be proud to be like, yeah, this is where I'm, this is where I'm gaming. This is where I'm hanging out. This is where I'm learning. And cause you know, when we think of a traditional learning space, it's not, it's not LEDs, blue LEDs, you know, spinning around the room. It's not a video wall. So, you know, again, this whole, you know, it, this is just amazing what you've done for, you know, these students as well as what you're doing or what this is bringing to, you know, the students and CCSU. And, you know, I can't, I can't wait to hear to hear more about it, um, you know, in the long term. And, you know, as, as Anthony asked before, you know, how it's how it 
you know, further continues to impact and add value to your retention of students and, and faculty and what it's doing um, to impact other programs and scholarships. Um, I think it's, it's, it's great. And I can only imagine, you know, your story and others are going to start expanding, you know, the e-gaming, e-gaming realm across, across the education market. Again, I, I think I think the, the the gamification, the hybridized learning of of education is part of its future, right? It's it's gonna be it's it's worth separating, you know, class is not just the 50 minutes that you're sitting in that chair. And so how can we make that homework time and those other things more fun? And and I do think it's through uh in part gamification. And so we're excited to be to be part of that journey. And and I think we're we're I think industry-wide, we're all still figuring this out. What is it gonna be a couple years from now. But but as I've said to people, you know, look at, you know, look at my Apple Watch or my Fitbit and, you know, I've got to get to 10,000 steps. That's a game. Um, you know, we've gamified our entire lives. And, and sometimes we're really cognizant of it because there's a controller in our hand. And sometimes we're not because there's an exercise band on our wrist. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm looking at it, they go, mm, maybe I could like walk around a block and pick up that extra thousand steps. Um, that's gamifying our lives. And that is who we all have become, whether we acknowledge it or not. And so looking, you know, at the at, at the far end, at what are we doing with that data and how are we collecting that data and how is that telling us things about who we are and what we are and, you know, have we improved or not improved? That's all that's all gamification. And and so great. This is the start of sort of that movement. And again, that's why I think it's it's really a, a launch pad for some of these other spaces that we're building on campus, business analytics, XR lab, um, and some of those spaces. That's great. Well, George, I want to thank you so much again for your time. This has been a great discussion, and I know we can continue to keep diving deeper. Um, you know, maybe we'll come back for, for round two. Uh, but again, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for for the discussion. And Anthony, thank you as well for for joining. And um, we look forward to uh, seeing what comes of uh, CCSU and e-gaming and and everything else in the future. I joke with the CFO. I said, I got my arena request, uh, you know, all written out and ready. So just, uh, just let me know. That's amazing. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us for this Crest TV podcast. Join us next time for another look at how Crestron puts people and technology first. Till next time. Till next time.